Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 WDAY and 93.1 FM. That's 97 WDAY AM. I keep skipping over the AM part. 970 AM, 93.1 FM. We're on both. We're on both because we're awesome. Oh, yeah. That's right. Strong uh, strong ratings, by the way, coming out. Um, Mike McFeely, Tom, uh, or Jay Thomas, uh, both just, they're killing it. Those guys are doing good. We're doing good overall. Uh, it's, it's nice to be on this team. I'll, I'll tell you that it feels pretty good. Uh, but, uh, congrats to those two fellows in particular, cause they are killing it. Um, all right. We are going to talk, uh, Congressman Kevin Kramer joining us a little bit later in the program. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, his, uh, weekly segment, um, which I think is going to be uh, pretty interesting because uh, some things starting to happen at some of these federal races. Democrats have a U.S. House candidate, uh, Democrat Ben Hansen, uh, a former state lawmaker from West Fargo, uh, lost last year uh, in, in, in the election. Uh, but he has announced he's going to run for the U.S. House. Uh, so we'll talk, uh, we'll talk with the congressman about that because he's got a challenger in his race. And then also, obviously, Kramer's been talked a lot about as someone who might jump into that Senate race to challenge Heidi Heitkamp. Well... If he jumps into that race, there's already a Republican there now, State Senator Tom Campbell, uh, who has been making noises about running for statewide office for a long, long time. Is um, well, he's in. He's got. He's already got a campaign ad out. He's he's in all the way. So um, that's going to be interesting. We'll talk with the congressman about that. But first, I, I wanted to touch on this little bit of controversy. Natil, did you see this from the West Fargo uh, Public Library? A couple of lawmakers upset about some LGBT themed books uh, yeah. on display at the West Fargo Public Library. I absolutely can't believe it. Grow up. So the the, the two lawmakers are uh, State Representative Chris Olson and uh, also State Representative uh, Ben Koppelman, and they got their skirts over their heads because the West Fargo Public Library had a display um, contemporaneous to Pride Day in the Fargo-Moorhead area uh, of, of LGBT-themed books. And... Here's a, here's a quote from Representative Olson. He says, I quote, I find it very surprising that the West Fargo Public Library would choose to sho- showcase a display promoting these types of materials regarding human sexuality. Now, here's, here's the thing, right? And, and, and this, it drives me a little bit nuts because, first of all, this entire thing is based on a, on a phony premise. Because if you go into the library, and I, I guess I've never been to the West Fargo Public Library, but I certainly know how my local public library works, and I'm a big fan of my public library. I use their services every week. Uh, they have books representing all sorts of points of view, right? I mean, they have, uh, if, if, if they had, you know, my, my local library has a copy of Mein Kampf by Adolf Hitler. And I would imagine that at some point if they did like a, a uh, World War II themed display or maybe world tyrants display or world history display or something mein Kampf might be a part of it and i would not accuse my local library of promoting the point of view of adolf hitler no instead they would be promoting books that feature into a certain topic uh that that is contemporary that's in the news that's in the headlines whatever right i mean to, to say that the library is promoting a point of view by displaying books that they have, that they own, is ridiculous. And and also, by the way, it's 2017. Gay people exist. They're out. Gay marriage is legal. Who who exactly are are we protecting 
by telling the library to put these books back in the closet. Because that's essentially what they're doing, right? I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Is uh, and I'm reading here from the forum article, and I got to find the quote. Um, uh, let's see. Here it is. Neither Koppelman nor Olson object to the library owning or circulating books on LGBT topics, so that's very big of them. Uh, only the promotion of them through display and on Facebook. Uh, Koppelman was satisfied with, uh, yeah. So, so basically, they don't have a problem with them having the books. They just don't want them to be promoted. And I guess, well, what is that saying? I mean, it's, that's, that's almost like saying, well, it's okay, gay people. It's okay if you're gay. Just so long as you're in the closet. Well, and on top of that, the like you said, the entire premise of this is so flawed. Because if, let's say, the, the library decided to do a murder mysteries-themed display, they wouldn't put right. up a book that also includes why murdering people is bad. And none of the books that were right. up were saying, hey, I'm gay and you should be too. Right. I, I don't understand this this thing... You know, I, I, I listen, I, I think we're pretty much at a point where, you know, homosexuality is, is not really a choice. Right. I mean, this is something, you know, and I'm I, you know, I, I don't my sexuality is not a choice. Like, I don't ever remember sitting down and saying, well, I'm I'm attracted to women and, and, and like, you know, deciding, well, that, that's just how I'm going to be. It's just what I am. Right. I mean, it's just that's just how I feel. I don't I never made a choice about it. And I imagine I'm not homosexual, but I imagine they feel the same way. They are the same way. So it's not like it's a choice. So, I, I mean, the idea that, like, like what's, what do they think is going to happen? Like, somebody's going to pick up one of these books and get, like, converted? And, he, and even if that was the case, right, even even if that was the case, that, that somebody was out there trying to recruit new homosexuals, which is absurd, but let's just stipulate for a moment that that might be the case. So what? Even if it's a choice, so what? Who cares? And by the way, it's not a choice anyway, but who cares? You know what can be a choice is religion. If they had a display of Christian-themed books, I bet you some of those books probably think it's a good idea if people converted to Christianity. that be such a bad thing? I don't think so. If the library wanted to, to display something like that, it wouldn't be such a bad thing. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 I think that, I mean, I think that over, you know, certain religious holidays, it would be fabulous for the libraries to have displays about those religions. Sure. When it comes yeah. up against, you know, like Ramadan, it would be great if the library had some Islamic books on display or coming up on Hanukkah if they put up books about Judaism. I think that would be completely legitimate and there wouldn't have to be any alternative points of view included with that display. Yeah. So, right. I, I mean, I, I don't I don't feel like, you know, if it's. um you know, like like a like a Jewish holiday, and I'm, my mind is completely blanking now. But a, a, a Jewish holiday, I don't think we also need to then put in books that are like critical of of Judaism or something. I mean, I don't I don't know I, I don't know what their expectation was with this. Um, and, and by the way, you know, it's a lot more. Of, first of all, I don't find the idea that any library in America would have books that are LGBT themed and would display them. Uh, I don't find that offensive at all. The thing that I find offensive is that a couple of politicians would presume to tell a public library what to do in this regard or, or would use their position as lawmakers to, to, to try to influence the library's decisions with this sort of material. I, I think it's 
Oh, I think it's Rob, ridiculous. They, they so well pointed out that they were coming to these people as citizens, as concerned citizens and not politicians. Well. Was my on. sarcasm dripping enough? Yeah, you were laying it on pretty thick. I picked up on it. it it's just, I don't know. I, the, the whole It's, it's frustrating. I, I, I mean, to me, that, that's the most offensive part of it. And, and I get it. It's a public library. And so anytime it's a, it's a public institution, you're going to have debate about how that institution goes about its business because it belongs to the public and the public has very differing views on this. I get that. It's just, man, leave the libraries alone. Okay. They've got all sorts of controversial stuff in there and you know what? They should love to hear what you think. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob. Report on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. 701-293-9000 if you want to join in. 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, we're talking about a couple of Republican lawmakers from West Fargo who uh, they got upset because the West Fargo Public Library had a, a I, I guess, a, a display of LGBT-themed books. Uh, and they were upset about it because I guess they thought it was promoting a, a homosexual lifestyle. And I think that's very, very dumb because, you know what, homosexuals are people who exist. L- the LGBT community is real and they're interesting and they have issues. And all of those things are worth writing books about. And those books uh, should be in our libraries because uh, not just for the LGBT community, but for also those of us who are interested in understanding that community and understanding the issues that they face. So I, I don't know, getting upset about these books, I, I think is far more offensive than any book that could ever possibly be in the West Fargo Public Library or any other library for that matter. Uh, Scott, you're on. What's up? Hey, how you doing, Rob? Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Uh, you know what I'm telling you? It's kind of ridiculous in what, what they're getting upset about. And the reason why is, hey, this is America. And the law of the land is the law of the land. If the law of the land says, hey, guess what? That's okay, fine. But, you know, the unwritten, you know, the guy code, I'm going to reveal some guy code, everybody. The reason why guys don't like those guys so much is because when they're virginal and they're young, most guys get come on to by somebody like that. And nobody ever talks about it, but that's where the hate starts doesn't happen that way anymore for the older crowd, for the younger crowd, I mean, anymore. Because the law of the land has changed, see? And that's what it really boils down to. You know, personally, I read Mein Kampf back in the 70s from the library. And the library is there to get all points of view. That's why Benjamin Franklin made the library, my friend. Don't you agree? (laughs) I don't, I, I honestly, Scott, I have no idea kind of what you're talking about there. Um, but I will say, listen, here's, here's, here's my thing. And this is, this is a guiding principle in my life. I mean, this is, this is like a foundational idea that I have. And it's this, because we talk about freedom all the time. We talk about liberty all the time. These two lawmakers in particular, 
talk about liberty a great deal. And I'm a firm believer that the price of liberty, right, that the price of freedom, that the price of you being able to say what you want to say generally, uh, and granted, we, we do have some laws. I mean, there are some upper limits on some of this stuff. But for the most part, being able to say what you want to say and do what you want to do, the price of that is that your neighbor may get to do some things you don't like. And they may get to say some things that you don't like. Or maybe read some books that you don't like. And so every time I hear about somebody, whether it's right or left or, or whatever, and they get upset because somebody is, you know, there's some book they don't like or some business is doing something they don't like or whatever, and, and they want to shut it down, my reaction is, you know what, if you want to live in a free society, that's the price of admission. You're just going to have to deal with it. You just got to deal with it. That's the way we do things here in America. You know, and I... Because what's what's the alternative? I mean, the, the alternative is, is we get into these wars where we're constantly trying to police one another's behavior. We're constantly trying to police, um, you know, how others behave or what they read or what they say or what they think. And I don't think that's a road we want to go down because who gets to be the decider for everybody else? Right. Who, who, who gets to be uh, the commissar in charge of good taste for everybody else? I'm I'm not saying you have to like every book in the library. I'm not saying that that you have to like every topic. I understand that there are people in our communities, in our society, that think that homosexuality is is a sinful, distasteful lifestyle. I don't agree with them, but I understand that's a point of view. But you know what? You're going to have to exist with the fact that homosexuals exist in our community. Those lifestyles exist in our community, and you're just going to have to tolerate it. Caller, Mike, you're up. You know, I, I'm kind of disappointed in how you've approached this today. Those people did not say they did not want the books in the library. They just didn't want them highlighted for for yeah. young children that maybe are wondering what's going on in life. And to sway Why would you not want young people to learn about LGBT issues? What's yeah, so wrong they, about that? I, 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 there's nothing, but they don't have to highlight it. What's they, wrong with highlighting? I mean, that, that's like that's like telling somebody it's okay. It's like telling somebody it's okay to be gay as long as you hide it. Like that's not that's not okay. That's not well, okay, Mike. You, well, you know what? It's interesting. There's more and more libraries, and I, and I, and I'll get the information. There's more and more libraries across the country that are banning the Bible because it was so violent. Do you know that? I don't. I don't know. I don't think that's true, Mike. I think that is true. You should look. Well, it up. If, well, you know what? You know what, Mike? If if it is true, then shame on them. And if it is true, then you and I can be on the same side and being critical of the people that are trying to ban the Bible. But that doesn't justify this, right? One instance of book banning doesn't inst- justify another. Although this wasn't book banning, they just didn't want them highlighted, I guess. Which is, I don't know. It seems like an awfully petty distinction. Thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate it. Congressman Kramer coming up next. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Port on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. Just to put a period at the end of the sentence on the topic from the last segment, we're talking about the uh, two Republican lawmakers upset about 
that display of LGBT-themed books at the West Fargo Public Library. A couple emails. Uh, Rob, hopefully more people will check these books out with all the attention these uh, so-called concerned folks brought to the table. Um, yeah, I hope so. I like the idea of people reading books. Uh, Rob, get your facts straight. The American Library Association, uh, look it up. A rank, uh, the Bible's sixth most challenged book. Uh, but in the United States, did you not know, or you're just being ignorant? Uh, don't put facts out. You have no clue what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's the response to the caller who says that the, the, the Bible is, is the most, uh, banned book in, in America or something like that. Um, listen, I, I if, if people are out banning the Bible at public libraries, then I'm not okay with that either. But I don't think that justifies getting upset because the West Fargo Public Library has some LGBT books that they uh, put out on display contemporaneous to uh, Pride Day in the Fargo-Moorhead area. I I think we've all got better things to talk about. Libraries have all sorts of different books, uh, a lot of them promoting you know controversial issues or points of view, and there's nothing wrong with them notifying people about the fact who may be interested in those books the fact that they have those books so i don't know i think the lawmakers were wrong but we're going to move on congressman kevin kramer joins me for his weekly open phone segment congressman how are you hey rob i'm well thanks how are you i'm doing pretty well we uh we have a caller lined up for you already so we're going to get to john right right off the bat john go ahead you're on with the congressman good afternoon congressman it's your favorite annoyance (laughs) (laughs) oh you're among a lot of company anyway (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you, and, 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 and I say this with respect to the, the simple fact that you are only one man in Congress of many. And what's annoying me right now is this lack of progress, as I view it, on H.R. 38. And I, the, one of the things that annoys me about it is we, and, and forgive me if I'm wrong on these numbers, but it appears that we have 205 Republicans that you know, are co-sponsoring this and only three Democrats, which totally baffles me because we obviously couldn't pass anti-gun measures through Congress after, you know, Sandy Hook in 2013. Mm -hmm. And what's baffling me is, and and, and forgive me if I don't know how politics always, you know, works as far as bills, but it has basically been sitting in a Judiciary Committee since it was basically introduced back in January, and I'm just wondering what it's going to take to light a fire under Congress to, to at least move something forward to the president's desk that we are well aware he will sign. Thank you. Right, and yeah. So no, just we want to be really clear, um, and I, and that is John. The bill John's referring to, I believe, is the um, reciprocity bill on um, concealed carry. And his numbers, I'm not sure, but he may very well be right. There are well over 200 co-sponsors of the bill. Um, interestingly, John, once you get to 218, uh, one of the one of the uh, tools you can exercise as a majority, because 218 is a majority, is you can do a discharge petition that forces the bill to come to the floor, whether it's at a hearing or not. I don't think that's necessary in this bill. I do think I understand the frustration. I too get frustrated with why can't there be a hearing? You know what else is. Judiciary Committee have going on, but I assure you they have plenty going on. Judiciary Committee deals with a lot of a lot of issues, a lot of big issues, and so I think it's just been, frankly, more a matter of you know time, hearing time, and committee time. Um, the assurance has been given that by by, uh, by the chairman Bob Goodlatte that he'll bring it up um, after the August recess. Now, of course, September's after the August recess, 
so is next September. So I, you know, sometimes later it doesn't necessarily mean imminent, but um, but he's assured people that he'll uh, he'll bring it up uh, sometime, hopefully this fall or winter, but but at least this Congress and we'll get some passed because we need to get over to the Senate before you can get to the president's desk, of course. But if it if it's brought up, I don't have any doubt it'll pass in the, in the U.S. House. Uh, Congressman, moving on, you uh, the Democrats announced uh, that they have a, a candidate for the U.S. House, yeah. uh, uh, former state representative Ben Hansen, who lost re-election to the state house last year, but is going to run for election to the U.S. House uh, in the 2018 election cycle. Uh, announced his candidacy early this morning. Uh, he said, I, I'm quoting now from the Fargo Forum, I'm running because I believe that North Dakota deserves a congressman who will focus on the needs of hardworking North Dakotans, creating good-paying jobs for working families, uh, strengthening the middle class, and building an economy that works for everyone. Uh, he said, over the course of my campaign, I will focus on boosting job growth and jump-starting our economy by investing in small business and all of the above energy strategy and rebuilding our infrastructure, which is a lot for one member of Congress to do. So uh, I, I don't know. What what uh, what do you think? Uh, what, what do you think of your challenger here? <laughs> well, oops. First of all, he's not my challenger yet because I haven't announced that I'm running. But um, a couple of things that come to mind. I mean, he, I love his platform. <laughs> it it would have been a good platform when he was in the legislature. But as you know, as an incumbent, in a four-person race, he finished fourth with 21% of the vote. In that same election year in his district, I got 57% of the vote. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's got a long ways to go to convince people in North Dakota that somehow he's got a better track record on doing the things he says he set out to accomplish. Um, because many of the things he's talked about, we've been quite successful at. Even when things haven't gone so well in other parts of the country, uh, things have gone pretty well in North Dakota and uh, certainly on the job front job creation front. We have more job openings and we have uh, people to fill them in North Dakota right now. The average salary in North Dakota is every average wage is much higher than uh, than uh, other parts of the country and, and the average of the country. Um, so, you know, we've, we've seen some awfully nice progress and important things for North Dakota. With regard to on the legislative front, um, I would put up my legislative record any day, uh, even as just one member out of 435 in being able to get some high priority North Dakota legislation done, it's both it's North Dakota specific and stuff that's good for the whole country uh, as well. We got another caller, Karen. Uh, Karen, go ahead. You're on with the congressman. Yes. What is your personal opinion about white hate groups holding demonstrations? Well, there's two things that I'd say to that, Karen. One is, first of all, they have a legal constitutional right to hold a demonstration. I, and they have a legal constitutional right to be really, really stupid and really, really wrong and uh, and absolutely awful. I, I find it almost sickening to my stomach that, uh, that anybody still holds those kinds of views in this country. The good news is that it's only from the latest poll I saw about 0.003% of the country that still holds those kinds of views, but unfortunately uh, anybody does. So they have a right to do it um, as long as they do it legally and un- without you know without hurting other people. Uh, it still makes me sick. 701-293-9000. If you want to join the program, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, obviously, a lot of, I mean, we, we all saw what happened in Charlottesville, and it was mm-hmm. it was very, very ugly. Uh, a lot of criticism for President Trump and, and the way he has responded to that. I, I think in some ways almost overboard, but I, I think it's interesting because a lot of people are upset because of what President Trump is saying, being critical of 
both sides, you know, saying it's it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's the white supremacists and 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 the the alt right and and although I guess some saying maybe he's too reticent and being critical of the alt white, but anyway, I mean, I, I think he's acknowledging that there were problems with the people who organized the rally and 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 their points of view and the way they behaved themselves, but also pointing out that there were people who showed up clearly wanting to pick a fight, and and I think some people on on the left and the right have been critical with, I, I guess, President Trump kind of being critical of quote unquote both sides. What's what's your take on that whole situation? Well, I think if if the words of Donald Trump, the words that he uttered at first coming, you know, his first statement um, were coming out of the mouth of Barack Obama, a lot of liberals in the media would call it poetry. And uh, you know, Don, they they criticized Donald Trump when he's too impulsive with his messages. In this one, where he was more thoughtful and waited for more facts uh, to come out before before issuing a second statement, you know, now all of a sudden he's not impulsive enough. Uh, I think if Donald Trump gave every reporter in this country and every socialist in America a million dollars, they'd complain it wasn't $2 million. I, I just, I don't know how Donald Trump could have said it much better. I mean, when you when you decry bigotry on all sides, when you, when you, you know, go make that strong statement, I don't know how that can be confusing to people. I, I really don't, Rob, and I think... I just think it's um, I think it's very unfortunate that that at this point and in this particular at this particular um, issue, the, the previous caller asked a great question: What do you think about white supremacists having rallies? That's a good question. Um, now, if she asked me, what do I think about you know should they be should they be beaten up? Should they be shot at? Do they deserve to you know to be the victims of violence? I'd say, of course not. They deserve to be stupid. Um, and frankly, they don't deserve as much attention as they as they've been getting. Um, so, I, I just think I think that the president was right the first time, and I think he was right the second time. I don't know how he could be any clearer. <laughs> it, it, the, the, the interesting thing about the president, and, and I've been around him a little bit. I've been in his, you know, of course, in the White House uh, when I've been in the Oval Office. Um, he has people who work for him at very high levels um, that that are people of color. I, I don't know how he could hate them and have the kind of relationship he has with them and have them working for him if he was the racist that, that some people want to paint him as. 701-293-9000. we got a couple minutes left with the congressman. 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. You, you mentioned when we were talking about uh, former state representative Ben Hansen jumping into the House race, you said he's not mm-hmm. your challenger yet because you haven't announced yet that you're running for right. election. I imagine... You are going to be uh, on the ballot in November 2018 in, in one capacity or another. Um, so I guess we don't know if, if you're running for the House or Senate, because we also got a Senate candidate for Republicans right. today, yeah, uh, yeah. State Senator Tom Campbell from Grafton. Um, does that change your the, the trajectory of your thinking at all about running for the Senate? And, and, and what do you think of Senator Campbell? Yeah, well, for, it does not change my thinking about it. I, I have to make my decision based on my timeline and what works uh, best for me. Um, it is encouraging, I will tell you that, to have Tom in the race. Besides being a quality guy and I think a very good candidate, well prepared to do this. He's been working at it for a very long time. Um, I think it's good for our party. If, if he's the only candidate, it's good to have a candidate early. If there are multiple candidates, it's good to have multiple candidates. It's a, it's a sign of strength of our party. And to have somebody in there holding the opposition accountable uh, the one thing that that's probably the, the greatest value, you know, regardless of how people might feel, it's good to have a candidate that is opposite of the incumbent to hold that incumbent uh, accountable in a much more direct and 
and um, strategic way uh, as part of the campaign. So I welcome Tom into the race, and it won't impact on uh, necessarily how I think. On the other hand, I'll say this, Rob. I mean, if it turns out that the best thing for North Dakota is for me to remain in the House and use my, you know, my you know, seniority and stature as it grows in, in the House, and uh, we can take that Senate seat as well with a guy like Tom Campbell, I'm all for that. that it will, the goal is to have a unified, um, you know, congressional delegation in uh, in the Republican Party, and so we have, I welcome uh, him, and he'll do a great job. We have a caller, Bob, that I want to sneak in here before the end. Not a lot of time left, Bob. What's up? Yes, about the uh, I'm talk, calling about the transportation industry, the ELD mandate. Uh, where are we at with that right now? Because it seems like that's the best kept secret. Nobody really knows. Is it, so which, which mandate did you say? I, did you say ERB mandate, Bob? The ELD, Electronic Logbook Mandate, that's supposed to be rolling out here in October, ELB. I mean in December. And now I heard that it's going to be two years down the road now. Yeah, so, th- thanks so, for the call, Bob. Go ahead, go ahead, Kevin, real quick. Yeah, thanks for the call. So we've asked the administration for a delay, and, uh, and the administration is um, honoring that delay. Um, and we have also have legislation to try and delay it the, the thing about the uh, the uh, electronic um log books is that they works great for big you know big trucking co- trucking companies for the independents and the smaller companies it's a quite a burden and expense the other thing that's not clear to me is that they actually worked all that well and in, in, if you can trick the system and then what good is the log if it's if it can be tricked so i think there's still some work to be done on both bringing price down and um making sure that they work as well as they work. In the meantime, I think um, truckers ought to have the choice. Congressman, thanks for your time. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Rob. We'll talk with you next week. This is the Rob Report on 970 AM 93.1 FM. We'll be right back, wrap up the show after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report on 970 WDAY-AM and 93.1 FM. Don emails, it is Trump's equivocation over the wrongfulness of the protesters' views of blacks and Jews and racial superiority. I, I don't know. I, I hear a lot of people saying that, that Donald Trump uh, equivocated in his, his criticism of, of the people at the rally or, or whatever. And, and, and listen, I, I don't shy away from being critical of Donald Trump. I, I, I'm critical of him when I think he deserves to be critical of him. I didn't vote for the guy. Uh, that said, I'm listening to some of the things he said, and you know, I, I pro- probably probably the thing that that had me scratching the most is where he said he wasn't sure that everybody at that rally. He said some of them were good people, and I, I, I think I think his point is. Maybe some people showed up there because they had good faith arguments about the Confederate monument and they weren't there to uh, as white supremacists or Nazis or whatever. Um, maybe that's a fair point. I, I, it's not a point that I would make because I don't know if you show up at a rally and you see a bunch of people waving Confederate flags and you see a bunch of people waving Nazi flags, then I'm sorry, you know, maybe don't associate yourself with those people, right? I mean, you don't you don't still, like, stand off to the side and, like, well, I'm just trying to make a principled argument about not erasing history from the public square. Okay, but maybe you don't need to stand next to Nazis while you're doing that. So I have a hard time uh, if you're out there in the same march with somebody waving a Nazi flag, uh, you know, you're responsible for that. But I don't see any problem at all with President Trump pointing out that there were left-wing extremists there as well and that those left-wing ex- extremists showed up 
wanting to fight. I absolutely think that the white supremacists and the Nazis and all those horrible people showed up, and I absolutely believe that they wanted a fight. And you know what? Who showed up to oblige them were the left-wing extremists. All right? We have a problem with political extremism on both sides. And I am tired of this political pie-throwing contest. I'm, I'm honestly tired of trying to parse the president's comments on this, as if that were the most important issue out of this. Right? We're also focused to trying to score points on Donald Trump or defend Donald Trump that we're missing the real issue, which is that we have political extremists marching in the streets of America of both right and left ideologies engaging in violence. Why is this happening? That's the debate we need to be having. But no, instead we're having a pie-throwing contest over President Trump's uh, 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 admittedly uh, inarticulate and imprecise comments as if that's helpful newsflash it ain't jay thomas show coming up next stay tuned for that you can always catch me here 1 to 2 p.m monday through friday or of course 24 hours a day seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com north dakota's most popular political blog thanks for listening we'll talk again Strong.